0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: WPHD WPHT,
2: HD, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast.
3: Yes. This is the next generation of talk. Now, on Talk Radio 1210
2: WPHT, Rich Zioli. Uh,
4: Major breaking news today. Uh, Trump's attorney said the court today ignored the law, ignored the facts, and simply signed off on the attorney general's manifestly unjust political crusade. Uh, Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here today. 855-839-1210. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli, the judge said Donald Trump's evaluation of Mar-a-Lago from 2011 to 2021 was fraudulent. He's ordered the former president to pay $350 million and uh, has barred him from being part of a number of different things and remedies under the law. Let, let, let me clarify something. I, I Sometimes people take things I say out of context, and it obviously annoys the hell out of me, but... I'm not amazed that he's – the judge found him guilty. He was already guilty. I'm not amazed that the judge is making him pay $350 million. What I'm amazed at is that a statute like this can be on the books in the United States of America in the year 2024. That's what amazes me. It's not – don't – I didn't say I'm amazed that they could do this to Trump. I didn't say I'm amazed at the judge's ruling. I didn't say I'm amazed at the fact that the judge found him guilty before the trial started. I said, I'm amazed that there can be a statute on the books that allows the state to determine your guilt without any victims, without any men's right, without any mental state of you intending to defraud and without a trial to determine your guilt. I'm amazed that a a law like that can be on the books in the United States of America. That's what amazes me. Because it is so antithetical to the Constitution of the United States. So I hope that clarifies that. 855 uh, 839 is the number on Twitter, at Rich Zioli if you'd like to uh, weigh in today. Um, Joe is in Columbus, New Jersey. Hello, Joe.
3: Hey, good afternoon, Rich. Rich good afternoon, after Joe. Was- this outcome was guaranteed. Uh, what bugs me, and I'm not surprised uh, it was coming. But what, what, what really keeps me awake at night is our judicial fabric and roots have been bastardized ever since this guy came into office. They, found, they, they, they went totally against you know the, the whole principle. They found the man and then looked for the crimes. When it's supposed to be, you discover the crime, then go find the culprit. It's, it's just brutal. I don't know how, you know, what these, what these district judges learned in law school. I just don't get it. Um, and how, how it doesn't sit, you know, with unrest with them.
4: You know what they learned in law school? They learned how to be activists is what they learned. And think about Larry Krasner in Philadelphia. Think about Alvin Bragg in New York. Think about all of these prosecutors, these district attorneys. Think about how they believe that they are activists. They, they, that's what they're learning in law school these days. That, honestly, is what hey, they're learning.
3: It's amazing. They have no conscience whatsoever. Um, well, they think addition- they're doing the right
4: thing. They, they think they're, they're using the law as a cudgel against Trump. They think they're saving democracy. They, In their mind, they think they're on the on the side of right here.
3: Well, Rich, when you talk about Larry Krasner, he sees the turmoil surrounding him, and he
4: still thinks he's doing the right thing? Yeah, he does, because he thinks the cops are the bad guys, capitalism's the problem, and the criminals are the victims. That's That's how Marxists think, Joe, and you can't use rational thinking to try to counteract that. That's what they believe. It's like like, saying to somebody who believes that, um, you know, eating garlic every day will... Ward away vampires. I mean, Pelosi is around garlic eaters all the time and is there. You know what I'm saying?
3: Yeah, but those people, I mean, they come from a different generation where I just assumed that they were taught some of the things that our parents taught me and you, Rich, you know, about fair, just and constitutionality.
4: Joe, I mean, Karl Marx I, was around before our parents, right? I mean, Lenin was around before it, our parents. All these, these yeah. activists who inspired Barack Obama were around when our parents were around. These people believe that they should use the law for their progressive ideals and causes. They do not believe the same things we believe.
3: Well, and their own financial gain, too, Rich.
4: Well, without question, no, no doubt about it. I mean, without question, Joe. Thank you. Have a great weekend, buddy. Appreciate the call. Thank you. Eight five five eight three nine twelve ten. Heavies in Huntington Valley. Hello, Heavy.
5: Yeah, Russ. Right. What's good?
4: What's up? I,
5: I mean, I'd really like to know where they where they come up with three hundred sixty four million dollars and a uh, a three year ban. I mean, if you look, if you go back and look at the The lawsuits from the, from the Wall Street crash back in 2008. Nobody, nobody from Goldman or any of the big firms, nobody got banned from actually defrauding investors and the absolute insane, you know, investment schemes that they had with, you know, defrauding investors. Nobody got banned, but here they go with Donald Trump. The, oh, you know, he's he's just so evil. You know, we we have to it's like it's like it's like Fannie Willis yesterday on the stand when she she questioned uh, the one of Trump's attorneys. She, you know, she said, uh, you know, you're the one diverting democracy. I'm not the one, you know, going against democracy here. And it's just it, it's like, where do these people come up with this stuff? Where where do they get this? Where, where do they, they get this philosophy in, the, in their heads that they're somehow the, the protector of, of all things good because Donald Trump is just like the basis of evil and well, what's, you just, and you, what's you, bad you, just,
4: you 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 just nailed it with that heavy. Th- and thank you, buddy. Have a great weekend. Thank you. That's what it is. They believe Donald Trump is the basis of evil. And they want to use whatever possible remedy under the law exists in their mind to try to stop him. And we are seeing the legal system stretched in ways that we have never before seen in our history, the history of this republic. I mean, we we are watching right now as governments, state and federal, to stop a man from potentially becoming president are using the law as a political cudgel to destroy him not because he did anything wrong but because they want to stop him and that's what they're doing and that's what they're trying to achieve here and you know if you think about it for a statute to exist in new york a civil statute to say that because it's not criminal it's civil we don't have to show any intent we don't have to show any victims we can just determine your guilt and for that statute to be on the books in the United States of America, how? How is that constitutional? And where, to, to the other question was how they get the number? Because the attorney general made it up. She said, I want $370 million. Originally, it was two fifty. million. Then she said, I want $370 million. She just, just came up with the number. What, she can, because that's what this insane statute in New York allows her to do. Just name your price. Name your number and then destroy a man's business and destroy a man's livelihood and destroy a man's company with one foul swoop without even a trial to determine his guilt. And that's somehow civil. I've made this point to you before and I'll make it again. The Constitution requires a jury trial before you can lose life, liberty or property. They have taken Donald Trump's property here without a jury trial. And don't give me this BS that it was a civil trial, you know, as well as I do, civil trials should be when two private parties sue each other, not when the government knows it can't get a criminal conviction before a jury. So it uses a civil statute to get the same result, which is guilt and a massive penalty that is essentially the the end of his business. That, what, what happened here, the real crime here is that this attorney general, this judge, knowing that they could not get a conviction in criminal court, went the civil route because you don't need a jury and you don't need a determination of guilt. They get to determine it to, to get the exact same outcome they would have gotten a criminal trial minus jail time which they would never have gotten anyway because there's no way a jury could convict him if there are no victims because how can you have a case if nobody's been a victim? How do you possibly have a criminal trial if there are no victims? The very first thing you need is a victim. That's the number one rule for a, for a criminal action. If you don't have a victim, you can't have a, you can't have a criminal action. So they went right to the civil process. And under the civil statute, They don't need a trial to determine guilt. This fake little trial that you watched, we talked about over the last couple months was not a trial because the judge determined his guilt on day one. It was about coming up with how much money they were going to take from him. That's what this was. And I'm surprised not at the outcome, not at the ruling. I'm surprised that a statute like this can be considered constitutional. I'm surprised that in the United States of America, a statute like this can survive judicial scrutiny. And I hope it doesn't. I hope it's challenged because it's ridiculous. It, it, this, th- the application of this, just so you know, this is the first time it's ever been used like this by the Attorney General of New York. This is a state law that, in my opinion, the United States Supreme Court needs to strike down as unconstitutional. Because it has the effect of of the same kind of a of a penalty you'd get in a criminal case, but without that pesky process of having to to do a finding of guilt uh, by a jury of your peers. Uh, Laura's in Westchester. Hey, Laura, thanks for the call. Oh my God! The more I'm listening to
6: you, the more I just want to go out there and you know <laughs> remove all the all the actual criminals. From what's going on, uh, it, it's common knowledge in New York and in every single business all over the world that business value is inflated. It's a common practice. It's expected. And that's why the banks aren't coming out as being saying, well, we were, we're the ones who are being, uh, you know, it was falsified and we're the ones who are suffering. And unfortunately, what I'm listening now about the statute that I did not know about is that, number one, that's the first place we should go after. And then after that, by that time, hopefully within a short period of time, Trump will then have another shot at it. And by that time, can they have a, a criminal uh, case and not just have the civil can it be changed to that by going to the Supreme Court?
4: No, because they th- nobody ever brought a criminal case because they knew there was no evidence to bring a criminal case. The feds looked at it. They didn't charge him. The New York uh, district attorney did not charge him. Nobody charged him criminally because there was not basis for it to be criminal. So the only thing that would happen well, is then, that... Th- the- go ahead.
6: Yeah, then I think what is, has been done to him and what they have taken liberties with to do in this manner is completely unconstitutional, and it can be proven, dis- displayed and brought up with, you know, all the lack of protocol that they really sidestepped, the protocol that they sidestepped and went right to a civil case. I mean, and and it is unconstitutional, and everybody should be concentrating on getting rid of that. Even if it's uh, just New York, it has to start somewhere, Listening to you explain in detail what has taken place, that was the bit of information I was missing. That is completely unconstitutional. And at this point, I mean, if people don't see, and I think people aren't paying attention anymore, they're just letting it roll and they're figuring, well, Biden will get in and we'll be uh, happy because they are the sheep in this case. They just follow what they hear and they're listening to the wrong people. And if everybody had you guys that I listen to your stations from morning until evening as often as I can, people are not listening and getting the proper information. And I have learned friends who are still believing the rhetoric and the garbage about what was done with Biden and the election and there's so many things. It's almost like uh, a cornucopia of, of lies. And where do you start? I mean, going back Look. to, you know, Hillary Clinton, it's, 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 yeah. it's horrible.
4: Listen, I thank you for the call. I appreciate it very much. I, I actually think people are waking up to this. You know, I had a, a beer with a buddy of mine. I think I told you this yesterday last week when I was in Atlanta County to speak to the Atlanta County Republicans. And, he said he wasn't a big Trump guy in the past. He said now I will I will run over burning glass for him because of what they're doing to him. He's just so fired up by this. R- remember something here. And this is this is the key point. You know, I consider myself to be I'm not a constitutional lawyer. I'm not a lawyer. So I can't be a constitutional lawyer. I don't I'm not a constitutional scholar. I just love the Constitution. I love I love the principles that are in, enshrined in the Bill of Rights. And there, there is a philosophical tenant that runs through those amendments that talks about protecting you from your government. And the key point of this is you have to be found guilty. You have to have due process here. And there was no due process for Donald Trump. I wish to God we would stop calling this a trial. This was not a trial. This was a penalty phase. This was a, the, the, the trial was when the judge made up in his mind that Trump was guilty. That was the whole trial. The whole trial was, see, if you have not been paying attention, you might've thought this entire time that Trump had a chance of being found not guilty here. No, this whole thing from day one, he was declared guilty. This was never a trial. Trials are about getting a determination of guilt. This was about getting how much you've got to pay. Best analogy I can come up with, and it's really, honestly, it's a stupid analogy. But it's the only one I can think of would be like, if you got a red light, you got a red light ticket in the mail, and you try to go down to city hall to fight that. And good luck, by the way, they'll make you wait for hours. You walk in, and they decide, all right, well, give us seventy-five bucks instead of the hundred-dollar fine. That whole process is you're not getting out of the ticket. You're you're not you're you're guilty. They the cameras determined your guilt, and if you if you write down and say not guilty they go well you're guilty so you owe us the money so all you can potentially do is maybe get a break on the amount you owe but you're guilty the camera found you guilty and that's the end of it and that's that's what this tro- trial was the judge decided he was guilty now it's just a matter of how much he was going to pay um thank you from this matt uh, a quote from judge engeron's 92 page decision The English poet Alexander Pope first declared, to err is human, to forgive is divine. Defendants apparently are of a different mind. After some four years of investigation and litigation, the only error, inadvertent of course, that they acknowledge is the tripling of the size of the Trump Tower penthouse, which cannot be gainsaid. Their complete lack of contrition and remorse borders on pathological. They are accused only of inflating asset values to make more money. The documents prove this over and over again. This is a venal sin, not a mortal sin. Defendants did not commit murder or arson. They did not rob a bank at gunpoint. Donald Trump is not Bernard Madoff, yet defendants are incapable of admitting the error of their ways. Instead, they adopt a see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil posture that the evidence bellies uh, or belies. The, the, the judge made this determination on his own before the trial ever got off the ground. The judge decided his guilt all by himself. And then to do the bidding of the attorney general of New York, they had this so-called civil trial, which is not a trial, to just determine how much he was going to pay. This is traffic court on steroids because you're 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 paying. It's just a matter of how much. Maybe the prosecutor will cut you a break and you only have to pay a hundred bucks and you get no points. But you're paying something. You know you, you're guilty. You, know, you can pretend like that speeding ticket. You, you know you can say I there's a box on there you know you can check it's only an accusation you could, you have more actually due process in that than Trump did in this but when you go to traffic court you're paying something because the camera's always right the cop's always right unless he doesn't show up so you're paying something just a matter of how much it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a joke it's not really a, a real proceeding in that sense but this is that on a billion time steroid dose, where a judge said, you're guilty because I've decided you are, and now we're gonna have this this proceeding to determine how much you gotta pay. Attorney General wants you to pay 370 million, I'm gonna be nice and only make you pay 364 million. You've repeatedly falsified business records with the intent to defraud because we say so. Not a jury of your peers, and nobody was ever claiming to be a victim in this but we've said so so therefore it stands now it's just a matter of how much we're going to shake you down for what i'm surprised about is that in the in, in the united states of america a a statute like this can be on the books that's what surprises me that's what amazes me adrian is in springfield hello adrian
6: hi how are you
4: great how are you my
6: first time calling a uh, quick question. What does his appeal process look like for Trump after losing this battle?
4: Well, I don't know the specifics exactly of, of of how that process will work, but he's going to appeal, and I think the basis of the appeal is going to be that the judge was biased, uh, that the judge would not allow his legal team to make any arguments to say that there were no victims in the case. Um, the judge showed that he was In other words, I think the appeal basis is going to be that he'll – and we have a guest coming up at 535, Zach Smith, who's an expert with the Heritage Foundation. I think the basis is going to be that the judge was biased and the judge did not allow his legal defense team to make the argument that there were no victims in this case. And the judge expressed that bias many times.
6: Oh, sorry. Will it go to the appeal court in New York, or yes. where? Where does go? Yeah,
4: no, this is in New York State, so it's going to go to the court of appeals in the state of New York. This is which a is state the same case. thing. Uh, yeah, he's going to lose there, isn't he? I, I can't say that for sure. I don't know. I, I don't know that. I don't. I don't know how that process works. I don't know how appeals courts work in New York State. I don't. I don't know. But we'll have an expert coming up on that point. I think, I think this case absolutely needs to be appealed and potentially all the way to the New York Supreme Court if necessary. Um, thank you, Adrian. I appreciate that. We'll get more details on the nature of how that process works. Um, Ken is in PA. Hello, Ken. Hi there, Rich. I got a
2: question. Who filed the original charges? The state you know, of New York. You have to have a complaint. In the state of New York on behalf of who? Nobody. Wait, well, how can they do that? Because like like the New York State the statute because that Mommy Jolie made a bad cannoli and she's gonna investigate why we have a bad cannoli. Just because she's the, the district attorney picked it out of the air. Oh, he's a bad man, so he no. must have did something.
4: No, 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 no. she's not a district attorney. She's the she's the attorney general. Right, but the, the district where did attorney the looked at this from? case. Well, no, but let's understand though. I'm I'm serious, I want to make this point very clear. The the district attorney looked at this case. Decided he did not have a basis to bring a criminal charge because of what you just said. There is no victim. So under this New York state civil statute, there doesn't have to be a victim. The state can determine that you've defrauded somebody, whether you had the intent to or not and whether there were victims or not. So when I tell you that who decided this, who who brought this forward, the state of New York did. There is no victim. No, no bank came forward and brought this action. No, no insurance company complained that they were defrauded. Nobody. The state of New York brought this action against Donald Trump.
2: OK, under whose authority?
4: Under the Latina. authority of a statute that is on the books that empowers the attorney general of New York so, to make this determination.
2: Oh, so this goes back to the statute, but somebody had to file the paperwork. Yes, yeah, she filed. the. Paperwork. You know, I, I, I did. The, the state did it. She but, filed uh, the
4: paperwork yeah, I think, and then the judge agreed and said Trump was guilty. I know it's insane because this is not how it's supposed to work in the United States of America. You are trying to use rational thought and you're trying to use your knowledge of how the due process works. And I'm telling you that this exactly. law in New York ignores all of those things
2: right and your previous caller answered my other question i was going to ask about the appeal process in new yeah. york but yeah i totally agree with where you're going with this, this is total a total mess and um who i don't know what we're all going to do something needs to be done
4: i hear you brother listen have a great weekend thanks Bye. for listening to the show ken appreciate it yeah no look it's, again if you're just joining me what amazes me here is that you can have a process where the state just determines you're guilty without a trial. And then you're guilty and now we're going to have a fake trial, fugazi trial, to determine how much you, you're going to pay. I'm just amazed that a statute like this can be on the books. They do this because it's supposedly civil, not criminal. But the penalty here is so massive that how can you argue this is not a criminal case if the state is the one that brings the charges or the complaint. You know, in, in other words, if, if I sue combos because I'm arguing that there's not enough cheese in my combos and a jury awards me $52 million, all right, well, that's a civil action. You can argue with the jury's determination that I deserve $52 million because I didn't have enough cheese in my combos. But at least somebody complained at least there was a process by which somebody came forward in a civil process and complained about something. All these trial lawyers, you know, all the class action lawsuits, all those things, because someone came forward and complained about something. My bag of Doritos was too small. I was defrauded, and then there's a class action lawsuit against Doritos. But somebody says they're a victim, and then those things move forward. See, the last caller's making the point, which is who was the victim? That's the point. There is no victim. There doesn't have to be under this law. No, no bank or insurance company or anybody else needs to come forward and say, Donald Trump defrauded me. The state does it, and then they just decide it. And then it's a matter of how much you're going to pay. How much are you going to pay? That's it. All right. 855-839-1210. This is the big story of the day today, by the way, brought to you by my buddy, Dr. Mike Venaria, venariadental.com, V-A-N-A-R-I-A, venariadental.com for that beautiful smile. And if you need any teeth implants, any complicated dental work, he's your man, Dr. Mike Venaria. So please reach out to him today. We got a lot more to say. We got a lot more to talk about. Don't go away.
1: You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port Chicago, Illinois. Talk Radio 1210. WPHT. Free speech lives here.
4: Taken All,
2: night.
4: A young All right. Breaking news today on the show as the judge in New York has ordered Trump to pay $350 million in that uh, so-called civil case. Nothing civil about it, obviously. And um, we will have a lot of coverage for, for you throughout the show today. Donald Trump just posted the following on True Social before I get to our guest Quote, the justice system in New York State and America as a whole is under assault by partisan, deluded, biased judges and prosecutors. Racist, corrupt AG Tish James has been obsessed with getting Trump for years. And use crooked New York State Judge Engoron to get an illegal un-American judgment against me, my family, and my tremendous business. I helped New York City during its worst of times. And now, while it is overrun with violent Biden migrant crime, the radicals are doing all they can to kick me out. We'll have, obviously, a lot more on this for you throughout the show. But there's a lot of other things to discuss today in the news. And here to do that with us, pleasure to welcome back to the show Dr. Victoria Coates. She is the vice president of the Davis Institute for National Security and Foreign Policy at the Heritage Foundation and former deputy national security advisor to President Trump. Hello, Dr. Victoria Coates. How are you?
7: I am well, Rich. How are you?
4: I am doing well. I'm a little bit um, amazed at uh, our justice system these days. But other than that... (laughs) Uh, at least we don't kill people in this country, like I guess, like Putin, right? So I mean, there's that.
7: Well, that's that's a pretty low bar, and I think that you know th- that all Americans have to be concerned about the this incredible campaign that has been waged against the former president, literally from before he took office. You know, the revelations this week about RussiaGate and the complicity of the intelligence community in that that was that was during the 2016 campaign that that started. So, you know, one can have one's views on Donald Trump, but this is ridiculous.
4: Let's start there, actually, if we can, because you you were a, a deputy national security advisor. The allegations that Matt Taibbi and Michael Schellenberger have put forward, which are really shocking, is that the—and correct me if I'm wrong here—that the United States Central Intelligence Agency essentially now— Really was the the people behind Russia collusion, and really used the dossier as kind of the you know the MacGuffin to move the story along.
7: No, it, it certainly appears that way, and you know Schellenberger and Taibi are pretty responsible journalists, and they don't they're, they're not radical conservatives. They don't have a particular axe to grind here ideologically. So you know I I would tend to believe them until they're proven wrong, and if that's So then you have John Brennan, who is the director of the Central Intelligence Agency under Barack Obama, basically as the source of all of this, who, you know, went to bat for, uh, you know, for I guess a Hillary Clinton and, you know, to be the successor to Barack Obama and that they were going to use every tool at their disposal, including the intelligence agencies to try to undermine Trump's candidacy.
4: And, They used the FISA court. They spied on uh, 26 campaign uh, operatives, apparently. And Obama knew about this all along. So, I mean, he's implicated in this as far as I'm concerned.
7: Oh, absolutely. And his then vice president, who would have been Joe Biden, uh, who, you know, they, they, they are so unhinged about Trump. Everything and anything is on the table for them. Everything is acceptable if it means you can somehow thwart Trump. And what I think is, is truly driving them around the bend is no matter what they deploy, you know, he seems to come back stronger than ever. In a way, they're feeding him, uh, but they, they can't see it. And they're just, you know, they're throwing everything from the New York courts to the CIA at him uh, because they're, they're so terrified of him. And, you know, I keep saying to people, you know, look at the record. You know, folks who are terrified, oh, my gosh, what's going to mean if Trump is (laughs) reelected? You already know we've already had a Trump term. We know what happens when he's president. And, you know, you can't tell me that all of a sudden, you know, where he governed responsibly for four years and suddenly everything's going to come off the rails if if he's reelected. And that justifies this illegal, immoral behavior on the part of of the left.
4: Well, you know, it's I mean, everything you're saying is is spot on. uh, Absolutely. When Putin this week came out and said that he'd rather see Joe Biden in the White House than Donald Trump, I was not surprised by that. I mean, obviously, as part of Schellenberger and Tabi's reporting, Putin wanted Hillary Clinton in there. And I'm not surprised by that either, because for the four years that Trump was president, Vladimir Putin never invaded Ukraine. And when Barack Obama was president, he moved into Crimea. And when Joe Biden was president, he moved into Ukraine. And we're also giving him a massive gift right now. I mean, this stupid ban on liquid natural gas exports is a gigantic gift of Vladimir Putin. You've got the Russian state media over there going on and literally mocking us over this and saying that Europe now has to buy more of Russia's liquid natural gas. So, yeah, of course, Vladimir Putin would have have wanted Hillary Clinton. And of course he wants Joe Biden.
7: Yeah, that's the kind of through the looking grass nature of this is you know, so many people are saying to me, I just I don't like the way that, you know, Trump talks about Putin. I was like, I don't care how he talks about Putin. I care about how he acts. And I think the energy is the key to it, because under President Trump, we had the American energy renaissance. We had massive increases in production. We had 14 new uh, export facilities uh, licensed and and built. And that's what allowed us to surge natural gas to. Uh, Europe in 2022, after the Russian invasion. So that's all bad for Putin, because all he is is a gas station, essentially, in terms of his economy. And so if you've got tons of uh, American product on the market at reasonable prices that aren't going to endanger you uh, with sanctions, then people are going to buy that product. It's a good product. And it's good for the world. And so, you know, to, to think that Putin would be anything but thrilled to have four more years of Joe Biden uh, is is
4: disingenuous at best. Now, the, the the question of course of of this guy uh, Novany who was uh, Putin's top critic, and he died in jail, and you know whether Putin was behind it or not. Um, Biden today came out and said we have to get more money to Ukraine. In fact, we have that clip, uh, Matt DeSantis, If we could play that for Dr. Victoria Coates, Biden using the this uh, this death of Putin's critic to say we got to... we got a cough up here more cash uh, cut to
1: People across Russia and around the world are mourning Navalny today because he was so many things that Putin was not. He was brave. He was principled. He was dedicated to building a Russia where the rule of law existed and of where it applied to everybody. Navalny believed in that Russia. That Russia. He knew it was a cause worth fighting for and obviously even dying for. This tragedy reminds us of the stakes of this moment. We had to provide the funding so Ukraine can keep defending itself against Putin's vicious onslaughts and war crimes. You know, there was a bipartisan Senate vote that passed overwhelmingly in the United States Senate to fund Ukraine. Now, as I've said before, and I mean this in a literal sense, history is watching. History is watching the House of Representatives. The failure to support Ukraine at this critical moment will never be forgotten. It's going to go down on the pages of history. It really is. It's consequential. And the clock is ticking. So,
4: this we're basically now, thank you, Matt. So, we're basically now helping Putin by making Europe more dependent on his liquid natural gas because we're not going to export it anymore. And now we're going to use the death of this political critic of his to, to use as a justification to keep funding this war, which, you know, I, I have to tell you, I mean, as I, I keep hearing this conversation about this, there's no end game. There, there seems to be absolutely no plan here. We're just literally just throwing money at the problem.
6: Oh, yeah. And so the,
7: the death of Alexei Navalny is is in disgrace. Uh, he was he, nobody's perfect. And there were some issues with Alexei, but he was Putin's most vocal critic. And he was quite brave to go back to Russia after he was poisoned in, in 2020. And he knew he would be arrested and that this was the likely outcome. Uh, but he, he went back to make the point. Uh, that you know he was against Putin and he thought there was an alternative for the Russian people. But what's really interesting here, Rich, is is when when he was in prison, uh, Biden came out and gave another one of his uh, trademark sort of pro democracy speeches and said there would be dire consequences if Navalny was was harmed. Well, he's been harmed, and I don't think much goes on in a Russian prison that isn't sanctioned by Vladimir Putin. So I think we could be pretty confident that just like Prigozhin, this was Putin flexing his muscle. And what's more, he's doing so directly at Biden. He's like, okay, you said there were going to be dire consequences if he was harmed. I harmed him. I think I could do so with impunity. And the president's answer is to pass an emergency supplemental for Ukraine. I'm sorry, that's not serious. You know, the the issue with the Ukrainian funding is that it's going for all sorts of other things besides military uh, support. And on top of that, two years into the war, they're defining this as an emergency. We have to do this right this minute, and we can't budget for it through normal process, which means we pay for it. So, what's most important to President Biden is to maintain that blank check that he's been using from the beginning of his presidency, not just to fund Ukraine, but all of his other massive programs, and just saddle our kids with more debt. So, you know, that's just outrageous, his whole thing about, you know, history is watching the House of Representatives. It's, 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 this, is, this is a blip at best what they're going to be watching is president biden's response to putin after he threw down the gauntlet and putin took it up
4: and we have the clip of that actually of of biden saying that right matt i think we have the the clip of that if i'm not mistaken uh hang on one second okay um l- l- let me it's okay don't worry about it l- l- let me move on to this point um when we're when we're thinking about the larger issue here nikki haley made a point she said Vladimir Putin's never attacked a NATO country. And at the same time, she's criticizing Trump for saying that NATO members have to pay. And then she turns around and says that if we don't defeat Putin in Ukraine, he's going to roll into NATO and conquer Europe. But doesn't that, don't those two things contradict each other if, if if he's never attacked a NATO country and Trump's argument is, Hey, NATO pay up the United States. should not have to pay, pay for your, your fair share here, your, your, your ride. Uh, and, and we're going to be a strong NATO to to stop Vladimir Putin. Do, doesn't that kind of counter the argument that once he gets through Ukraine, he's going to go and attack NATO? She just said he's never attacked a NATO country before.
7: Yeah, those, those comments were pretty baffling. And I would just say as a matter of policy, if you listen to what President Trump actually said about NATO last weekend, he wasn't talk, saying I'm inviting you know, Putin to invade Europe now. He was talking about a conversation that took place at least four years ago. And the fact of the matter is that after that conversation took place in which he told a NATO member uh, that if they did not get to 2 percent, he didn't think that that he was obligated to defend them. Uh, That is perfectly accurate. If you read the NATO charter, Article 3 of NATO is that all members shall adequately fund the common defense. And once you get through Article 3, you get to Article 5, which is that but an attack on one member will be considered attack on all members. But you've got to get through three before you get to five. So I think the assertion that NATO members who do not meet their pledges made 10 years ago uh, in Wales to meet a 2% GDP expenditure on defense, if they, if they can't do that, then they have to realize they are not guaranteed Article 5 protection. That's
6: just a fact.
1: Mm-hmm
4: now dr. Victoria Coates and I'm so I'm so glad you're here and by the way we'll get back to the breaking news about Trump and um, uh, the, the the decision in New York obviously that's going to be m- most of the show today but th- the question about these alleged Russian nuclear space weapons and you know what I find in- interesting about this is, is the, the timing of all this comes out as we're talking about renewing Section 702 of the FISA Act. You've got people that want to reform this so that we can't have the same abuses that have happened by our government against American citizens with warrantless spying on them under the guise of, well, you know, we're just going in and doing these queries on Americans. You're supposed to get a warrant for that under the Constitution. But as... Mike Lee's pointed out, as a number of other people pointed out, isn't it interesting now, as we're about to take on this debate, we're hearing about all of these, 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 these new possible attacks on America. And as we're debating this, this funding of Ukraine, this emergency supplemental, we're finding out now how Russia has alleged nuclear space weapons. I mean, the timing of all of this is just amazing.
7: Yeah, there, there are a whole bunch of different dynamics at play here. Uh, and I think with the Russian space nuclear program, I mean, that's not new. Uh, that's something that has been rumored and discussed for a number of, of years. And they, the issue is that they had a very specific satellite launch about 10 days ago. I think not coincidentally, right around the time the Her report dropped, uh, which was seen as, as a provocative advancement of what had been considered speculative or in the planning phase before. So this is like the Navalny death. Again, Russia flexing its muscles, and it's important to remember that every time Putin does something like this, he's doing it with at least the permission, if not the participation, of of Chairman Xi of China. So at this point, we need to see that as one and the same. And so what they see is an incredibly weak American president, and they see, uh, you know, it, an opportunity to act out. At the same time, we have members of both parties on Capitol Hill. Who both feel very vested interest in uh, reauthorizing seven o two unchanged, and so that then you have Chairman uh, Turner of the House Intelligence Committee coming out and sort of hair on fire, saying, "Oh my gosh, we're all gonna die. You know we have to get you know have to get this done." And he's also a huge proponent of funding for Ukraine. so so all of these things are at play here, and I think what the American people need to do is say stop, slow down. 702 reform is long overdue. You know, this, these were the authorities that you know are, are leading to unlawful, as you say, surveillance of the American people. But at the same time, yes, we have to be very mindful of our security. So shouldn't we spend that, spent, <coughs> excuse me, spend that 60 billion on countering potential Russian threats from space rather than sending it to Ukraine? But no one, will, nobody will answer that question.
4: Yeah. And at, and at the same time, of course, I mean, I thought Senator Rand Paul was spot on when he said, you know, this bill is a giant middle finger to the American people because it really it, it does nothing. The border part of it is is dead. Uh, we're just strictly talking about foreign aid now. And we, we we're also hearing about all these people on the terror watch list who are coming into our country. That part of it doesn't get addressed. We hear this imminent threat. You know, Turner talks about this classified. He wants it to be declassified, this imminent threat against America. But we're letting in people who are on the terror watch list. They're coming into this country every single day because we have this wide open southern border. And yet our focus immediately becomes Ukraine and not dealing with that. That is mind boggling to me.
7: Yeah, that's what what the political class doesn't seem to be able to understand, is that Americans want something done about security here at home first, and then we will attend to these other things. It's not that we can't attend to them but everything in, in its time and in, in its place. And so I agree, uh, Senator Paul was spot on. The only <laughs> tiny ray of light I will shine on this conversation is in the so-called skinny supplemental, that dropped overnight, the compromise bill. The border uh, elements are nowhere near adequate, but we did see a move on Ukraine funding towards reducing that number, towards focusing on purely military aid, And so we are certainly not anywhere close to an acceptable uh, resolution to this. But at least we have for the first time motion in the right direction that we're going to start to scale this back, that we're going to focus it on what would actually win a war against Putin, set him back, stop him from doing these provocative things. But until we, you know, until we get to a a fully acceptable, uh, a fully acceptable bill, you know, we're still going to be against it.
4: Last question for you, and we'll end on a happy note. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got pitchers and catchers reporting for spring training. How are our Phillies going to do?
7: Oh, joyous news! Yep, we just got our tickets for spring training, so we'll be we'll be there next month. Very excited about that. I think they're going to be great. I still think they'll make a move at some point over the next couple of months. It might not be till closer to the dread, trade deadline after they see how the team runs around the track a little bit. But it it is time. We are so ready for baseball, ready for the boys of summer to be back. And uh, I think it'll be a great season.
4: Good. I like that. Dr. Victoria Coates, I always appreciate your time. Philadelphia's own. And, of course, the vice president of the Davis Institute for National Security and Foreign Policy at the Heritage Foundation. Have a great weekend, my friend.
7: Thanks, you
3: too.
4: All right, we'll take a quick break. I'll give you the latest on everything that's going on with uh, New York and the case against Trump uh, and some breaking news on Hunter Biden as well. Don't go away.
3: We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? Only at T
1: Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch.